I'll tell you the game I like to play. If you're going to send a picture of your to anybody, lay it in the window or on the dining room table. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Just Build It, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now, for today's episode, episode 18, Raw Deal. Today, we have a guest, Luke Capasso, who is a general tradesman, comedian, and all around good gigolo. <laughs> There you go. I, I must say, Ross, your microphone is extremely clear today. I don't well, know. Well, I've been I, doing, maybe. you know, doing some things. It's extremely clear. Yeah. I've been trying to do some microphone exercises, you know, getting on the oh. uh, the microphone bench. Microphone uh, kegels. Yep. Yep. Doing all Very those nice. things. Yep. Gotcha. So, yeah. Luke. So, I, uh, I mean, first of yep. all, welcome to the show, sir. And thank you thank for you. gracing us with your presence. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm flattered and honored. Both of those things. Okay. Uh, okay. I have questions. Lots of questions. Let's start if, there. If, if you're right. ready to go. So go. my first question is, how long have you been on TikTok? Because you have over a half a million followers on TikTok. Uh, I think, I know I'm just over a year now because I'm getting like, they'll send me a notification this day last year. And so about right. a, just about a year, a little over. And what made you decide to start doing it? Um, actually, my wife pushed me into it. I thought it was for like kids and weirdos. Um, but I was on YouTube for it a is. long time. Yeah, it still is. But yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was on YouTube for a long time, and that wasn't going. That was going nowhere real quick. So I just thought it was you oh, post okay. for like eight people to watch. I thought that's what the internet was. But then TikTok it just kind of took off. I guess. Were you making similar content like with um, it'll show you doing a job and then your voiceover uh, can um, kind of go anywhere? Ish. No, actually TikTok or YouTube was a little longer, but I just think I just started doing that with TikTok because it was at the time I wasn't doing as much trades work. So it's an easy way because I'll just film little bits and pieces while I'm doing it. And then when I get home, I just make it like a stew. I just cut it all together and I right. just try to right. tell yeah. the story over top of it. It seems like an easy. Do you, do you have all on your uh, phone, or pretty much all phone? All well, the I do the I do the editing actually with this. I do the voiceover with this microphone if I get time to do it, but mm-hmm. sometimes I'll do it on the phone. Do you have a preferred trade to work in? Um, sometimes it depends on what it is I'm doing. I like uh, I like carpentry quite a bit and uh, tile. Depending on the type of job, I think uh, yeah. If it's a cool tile job, like nice little design, I really, I kind of dig that. But yeah, really I, tile work. I wasn't expecting I am, to like that one. Yeah, mm, no, I am yeah. the opposite of you. I, I despise tile work. Yeah, I can There's see too it's many easy steps. to hate. Yeah, yeah, I can see it's easy to hate. But. The set yeah, I the laughed so hard at at the one video you had talking about the tile guys and like how if you uh, don't give them a compliment, they're gonna cry themselves to sleep and oh, they'll crumble, <laughs> dude, they'll crumble. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that one We're got making me a going. masterpiece. 
I liked yeah. how he said all painters, all painters aren't alcoholics. Some of them are meth heads. They prefer yeah. to be called methodologists. That's pretty, Methodist, yeah. Methodist, Methodist. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, it's funny because we talked about that today. And I said, you know how you know all painters are alcoholics? Because on a paint can opener, the other side's a bottle opener. Like you just know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Sure. Yeah. Man. Well, well, congratulations on yeah. your all your success. Did you do anything special or you just posted? And that's it. How do you mean? You see, like, uh, promote it or like, like, like work uh, the algorithms, had some sort of plan, you know posted what? a certain right. amount every day. All right. When I first started, I looked into that stuff, and I think it's everyone guessing. I don't think it makes a bit a goddamn difference for anything. I think mm-hmm. sometimes I'll post something in the middle of the night, it'll go crazy. Sometimes the exact same time, three people see it. I think it's totally bullshit. I think whoever says they got like the algorithm figured out or whatever. Some I've posted and it didn't have any hashtags and it did great. Others, I don't, I don't know what it does. I don't know. But the couple times I promoted a video, paid TikTok money because um, I was promoting a show, those videos did nothing. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like if you're trying to sell the <laughs> yeah. promote to me, something should happen. But right. promoting a video on TikTok, it's like some computer's just laughing. Like that's all that happens to you. They don't. They don't even try mm-hmm. to make it seem like they did anything to improve your view count. So, yeah, yeah so Luke, I, good- I, I totally agree with you on that. I uh, as far as TikTok, I I personally have grown to love TikTok because I feel like TikTok is like taking a business card and throwing it in the wind. Yeah. And if you have good stuff, it doesn't matter how many followers you have or whatever. They're gonna push it out to the world. Whereas yeah. Instagram is like a like a judgy kind of Karen character, you know, yeah. where it's like, yeah. oh, thanks for your post. Um, wait, how many followers do you have? How much engagement? Um, okay, we're only going to do this a little. It's, it, it affects how right. you do. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I think crea- and TikTok responds well to creativity, too, and originality. And so I've, I've loved TikTok. TikTok, too, I think, responds to how long you watch it because so many people are just flipping through. And if you get a bunch of people that are looking at it for a long period of time, like they watch the whole video, I think that makes them want to push it out more, which would make sense. Yeah, Yeah, and Luke's videos are all longer. Yeah, I don't have – I I really aim to do short videos, but it just never occurs that way. Um, I'd love to keep them under a minute or two, but it just – I'm long-winded. But yeah, what, say t- what got you? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what got you into making the like the model houses, the little miniature houses? Uh, just some shit my grandma used to do, and I used to always be real interested in it. And then when she we she passed on, I got uh, I was given all her stuff, and then COVID happened. I was just sitting in the house, and me and my daughter started messing with them. Beautiful. And, yeah, just kind of became a thing. I've had it like I had a few of her my grandmas around the house, like almost kind of serial killer-ish, all these miniature houses all over the place. <laughs> it wasn't until a few years ago did I start making them myself. But Man, what kind of wood do you use with those? It looked like um, on a semi-recent video, you using like some like poplar for like the main studs, I guess? Um, well, or I would say traditionally people use just balsa wood and like crafting woods like that. But for that, that, that was just regular white pine. I just, the Tudor one, I oh, just, yeah, just, yeah, just, just a regular piece of Lowe's shelf board and then just cut it. But I use regular plywood, um, just pretty much what I have left over from, I feel like a right. if I go out and buy lumber to make something that small. So. <laughs> little, what did you yeah. make the bricks out of the little brick veneers? 
Well, there's two different ways. Some, they actually, uh, I took an actual brick and I just took my wet saw and chopped some of them up, which took for uh-huh. goddamn ever. But they also yeah, have this kit. Yeah. Uh, I follow a lot. I'm friends with I'm, these, a lot of these old lady groups on Facebook that are in miniature, that do miniatures and stuff. But they have this thing. It's like a sticker almost. You paint, put it on the wall and then you mix this. It's basically grout and glue when you mix it up and you paint it on there when you peel the sticker off it's got it leaves a perfect out looks just like brick it's even got the texture of brick it's and so neat very cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you ever uh, set yeah. up all the little houses on the floor and pretend you're the stay puff marshmallow man <laughs> more than i like to talk about really yeah yeah i mean that's fair do you prefer yeah. being the stay puff marshmallow man or gojira I'll tell you the game I like to play. If you're going to send a picture of your oh to anybody, lay it in the window or on the dining room table. I was I mean, thinking it, but I didn't want to say it. In proportion. That's fantastic. Well played, yes. sir. People put oh, it next to like is, a Coke is, can or something like that. No, sir. Drop it down the house. chimney. You have that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's a good nugget right there. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So my, my last question is, do you know what your ratio of male to female followers is? I honestly have no, I think, okay, that's the one thing they say, the advice people always get. They're like, pick a niche and stick with that niche. And I've disregarded that, not intentionally, just Mm -hmm. just do a lot of different shit. So, um, I would say. I just figured it was a lot of girls because my wife thinks you're cute, so. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, it's, it's all right. No, I would say I think it's I think it's pretty right down the middle. Do I got a lot of like like dudes that are in the trades, and then right a su- surprising amount of old ladies because of the miniature stuff, and like yeah. I don't know. It's pretty broad politically, gender wise. It's pretty pretty across the board, and I'm I'm happy with interesting. that. Interesting, very yeah. interesting. All yeah, right. I, I agree with you as well as far as like. You know what everyone's saying, right? Because everyone's saying like, "Oh, you got to post, you got to post at least once every day. You got to do all this stuff." And there is some truth to that, but um, also just doing your own thing as well. Like, um, it's what was it? The weird one guy. I know that's they say that so much that I think it has to be true. But the videos I've had that like, I've had one that got 14 million views. That's where a lot most I would say half my followers came off one video, and that one Mm -hmm. I didn't post for two straight weeks. And because uh, I was doing the actual job, and then I posted the video and it exploded, and I was like, hmm. "I thought you get punished for not posting a lot." And right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I think that the um, that like consistent stuff. I think that matters more on Instagram. Like, yeah. um, I think that their algorithm actually f- feeds in like your posts per day rate and stuff, and your stories and how many reels you do. Um, yeah. Whereas TikTok is um, more just open to you. And I like, I think the way someone, I think someone said uh, something like basically TikTok is interest based, whereas like Instagram and all that are follower based. So the amount of followers you have and whatever else is how well you do on each video. Whereas TikTok, if you put a thing out about toads and, and you're mm-hmm. into toads, they're going to show that video to other people who like toads. And so uh, that's how it pushes yeah. it out based solely on the interest of what the video is not. You're not following the, the individual you're following the subject matter so that's how you it kind of is a great way to grow an audience yeah that, so. i feel like as far as your followers on tiktok it, it's more of just like a sign of how well you've done it's not exactly uh you're not going to reach all those people every post you could have a, yeah 
Yeah, that's one point five. That's the part that annoys video. me about. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Which um, I saw something recently. TikTok was talking about uh, some sort of creative program. Um, I don't know if they reached out. It was, it was something promoting longer videos. And uh, Ross had a good point because he, he thinks that they're starting to realize that just watching eight second videos, people aren't staying on the app as long. Yeah. And um, so them promoting longer videos kind of makes sense. Yeah, but so I, mean, I, I have a question. Oh, you got no, go ahead. Yeah, no. Oh, so I got a question on your miniatures. Uh, have you considered getting a CNC? Like a CNC router? No. Right, that's the first uh, thing I thought of. Um, no. Yes and no. Um, partly also, I have about 3,000 different hobbies. So it's like buying different <laughs> in order to, to justify one I have a hard time with. And the, honestly, and I, the library by my house is a CNC that you can go and. Uh, oh, no shit. A, okay. They also have like a 3D wow. printer. And uh, as stupid as this sounds, I think partly like with miniatures, I feel like it's like cheating. Like, what's the point? You know, I'm like, I'm like, the part yeah, is, I, like, so I was considering that, like with it being so hand done, like you may want to use like chisels and a scribe as opposed if, to. If it ever uh, became like a business, because I see some people selling miniature furniture for like thousands of dollars. I'm like, where are these customers what? at? I would like, yeah, because uh, there's one dude I follow on Instagram. This man selling stuff for crazy amounts, like more than I'd pay for a real couch. And uh, so I think if I ever got down that angle or I was able to push <laughs> products like that, I think I would definitely have a CNC and I'd be pumping out stuff. But Dude, I would I, think I that never... you would need it for like little detail things that you just couldn't do except like by hand. But uh, I know that they sell a lot of that. Stuff. I've seen it in the hobby stores, like little tiny just designs and fleur de leases and corbels and all that stuff for, for exactly what you're doing. So, so yeah, I, I will, I will give credit to anybody who can build miniature houses Anything. and furniture, like doll kind of stuff, because I tried to build a doll house for my daughter three Christmases ago. And I'm so used to building things massively, massively overbuilt with like two inch thick slabs of lumber I think I made the most heavy duty, never breakable <laughs> dollhouse you'll ever see. And I'm not kidding. It honestly weighs probably 110 pounds. Oh, no. See, good for yeah. you. Concrete dollhouse. Good for you. No, I, good for you. It's never That's coming it. apart, but it's definitely not the most delicate looking piece. I would say you can tell like uh, miniatures, you can tell when it's like someone who actually builds versus someone who's like a hobbyist when you look at it. You know, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes like a lot of them, I actually like them when they're kind of like the one I'm the tutor one I made takes two people to lift just because I put, got so many brick shingles on the roof of it. But uh, hmm. and the kits that they come with, they're usually like MDF and I'm mm -hmm. like kids like step mm -hmm. in them and do that. Like, I feel like they should be beefier for what they. One would think. Yeah. yeah, but not, a, lot, a lot of them make miniatures. They don't make them to be played with by kids. They make them to be put on a shelf and you just look at it. So it really depends on your target audience. So I think you did good. So, yeah, you know, right. there aren't enough things that are made for just putting on a shelf to look at. I feel yeah. like that's an untouched niche. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, like it's, a, it's like definitely a, fallen onto the wayside. Like mm -hmm. a ship in a bottle. We're the old men that are putting ships in oh, bottles. Oh, my gosh. Days. With the little tweezers. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's freaking yeah. cool. Yeah, I've seen some stuff with resin where they'll, um, I guess there's a lot more as far as resin work, popular stuff to just like put on a shelf. Like, um, 
I've seen an awesome one with like a submarine and they use like cotton and like LEDs to make it look like oh, a, yeah, yeah. a torpedo that was exploding. And uh, mm. so, yeah, out of uh, the three of us that uh, beat around the bench, uh, I'm more of the CNC and resin. Guy. All right. And, um, but yeah, on that note, if you ever do want to get into a CNC, I, I could help you do it cost effectively. No, all, right. um, all right. Yeah. Actually, just, uh, watching, because I watch a lot of videos like, People make re- like then put the resin on a lathe and polish it up, and I'm I yeah. dig it. But again, that falls into the categories of how many hobbies do I need to have and stuff to support said hobby. But no, yeah. that's something I always well, thought resin's really not cool. that hard to get into. You just got to yeah. buy the resin and then learn the hard way a bunch of times, and yeah. so you figure out how to get to stop fucking up. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. But as far as CNC, like. Uh, my starter CNC it was uh, from Inventables. Uh, it's oh. called the X Carve. Um, I it's been maybe five years since I bought my first one. It was like about two grand. All right, and um, yeah, and so which it, it takes some assembly to set it up, but that's good because whenever something goes wrong on it, you've already put every bolt together that's in it, and so you yeah. know how to take it back apart. But, but yeah, it's still good. I've up, up, upgraded since then, but. Luke, you've mentioned multiple times having about 3,000 hobbies. My first question would be, do you have a favorite? And number two, uh, which of your hobbies is the most expensive? Mm, I'm assuming it's the Fabergé eggs is your most expensive one. (laughs) Yeah, the Fabergé eggs. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the people I have locked in my basement. Um, uh, I mean, they don't cost much, though. (laughs) A lot of food. Let's be honest. A lot of food. Um, (laughs) Probably most expensive. Okay, I would say I probably spent. Weirdly, as it sounds, as stand up, I probably spend more money on stand up. I'm starting now to make money. Maybe for like the travel and the travel and the nonsense you do going out and doing it. But um, okay. But then again, like if I take him, I consider them like vacations half the time. So it's not like uh, so. In that I look at it and budget it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the biggest audience you've done stand up for? Um, that came to see me or just shows I was on? I guess just shows you were on, like the largest okay, I, you the happened to be show on the show. Probably be, was probably maybe 2,000 people. I did the BBC 10 wow. one time in uh, Edinburgh in Scotland. That was probably the biggest show I did. Um, I don't know if you know who Donnie Baker is. He's kind of like a Larry the Cable yeah. guy kind of guy. Yeah. I did a show for him one time and uh, it was massive, massive audience. Um, Hmm. Wasn't he on like the Bob and Tom show or something? Yeah. He recently passed away actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Ron Sexton. Yeah. Actually it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He was a Hmm. Bob and Tom guy. Oh man. Yeah. So would you say the stand up is your favorite hobby then? Depends on when you ask me. Sometimes it is. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes I hate it. Yeah. But what are you putting your most most of your time, free time that you may or may not have into? I would say that bounces month to month. Sometimes, like I said, I still have a handyman job, and I work that quite a bit. And depending on the size of the project, um, sometimes I just I don't have the bandwidth to be doing all this other stuff. I'm trying to work on that as well. So, so let me ask this. You you mentioned, obviously, that tile is something you enjoy doing when it's a complicated job. Is there a job that as a handyman, when a customer is like, I want you to do this, you start, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to say yes, but okay, I'm going to do it. 
for the longest time, anything with a roof, I used to think that all the time, but now I, uh, now I say no, no, I'm, I'm happy to say no doing it. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot of some plumbing projects I've been turning down more because plumbing is the thing that gives me more anxiety than anything else. Cause it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you screw up a piece of trim and like whatever, your nail gun didn't fire. And then later you come back and it's, you're like, it looked like it was on, but it, you know, but if you screw up in plumbing, middle of the night, I just have these flashes of just a slow drip inside someone's wall that I got to, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't, yeah. A oh, lot we of had a dramatic thing like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's like a lot of some plumbing, like you're blindly threading something inside of a wall and you're like, got it, but there's no way to check that you got it. You're just pretty sure you put <laughs> enough goop on there that you, that you got it. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, people we bought our home from, uh, they were uh, some DIYers, right? And um, they didn't even finish all their stuff. And uh, they were definitely DIYing first. DIY nodding. Yeah. 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 And uh, oh, man, one day, so super random. It's on a Sunday afternoon. I think it was Mother's Day. And this random homeless lady came to our house and. she asked if she could take a shower and like that the group home. Hold she's on, at. hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. What first and foremost, why was there a random homeless lady just going door to door asking if she could shower in your neighborhood? Because her her the group home she was at, the shower was not working. Or the, How, the water was cut off. Obviously. I, I, it, the story was a little sketchy, but I whatever. I felt like she needed help. And Bless she did you. stink. Bless and, you for that. And I mean, sure. God. She was so, casing, uh, casing the place. Yeah, yeah. exactly so what which, she was doing. Which, uh, while I was downstairs, so I, we uh, let her use the guest bathroom upstairs. And while we were downstairs, I was listening to make sure she, there wasn't doors opening and closing. Because, like, me and my wife, our offices are up there. And um, whatever. But about 30 minutes in, uh, all of a sudden, we start hearing dripping from the other room. Like, right right underneath the where the guest bathroom is upstairs. And then all of a sudden, the ceiling caves in. And it's just water exploded down there. And my first reaction was like, oh, my goodness, this lady just offed herself in our tub and left the water running. <laughs> and so I, I, I run upstairs and I bang on the door. Story. I bang on the door. I'm like, are you OK? And she's like, "Um, yeah. And so what had happened is that these DIYers had put in a bathtub up there and used like some like JB Weld or whatever to attach it, like the drain. Oh. And she took a bath. And when she did... Um, and release the water, it uh, it moved the pipe enough or whatever, it and it just forced. released a full yeah. bathtub of water into our ceiling. And uh, yeah, that's so yeah, fun. It, um, but yeah. so she had no idea what was going on, and so I'm sure it was weird for me to be rushed, like banging on the door, concerned. Yeah, and then, uh, she finally came downstairs and saw the, all the water and was like, "Oh my gosh!" It was like, "Hey, dude, this is not your fault. You didn't, you didn't do it. It, it was the house. It was going to happen eventually." So. It is kind of funny though that it happened when she was here, but yeah, I think but yeah. she does, does not come back for another shower. So, <laughs> in a way, you got to do a good deed, and you have to worry about her keep coming back. So it, everyone won, yeah, except for your uh, yeah. your ceiling, your man. ceiling, yeah. Which yeah. It, insurance was good to us; it allowed us to change out all the floors. And unfortunately, you know, me and my wife are pretty handy, and we decided to do a bunch of it ourselves. Which uh, now here we are, about a year later. And it's still not all done. Like there's still some doors without trim on them. It's funny. And, this uh, is the getting back to the DIY comment you made earlier. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's the weird with, thing. Projects in your own yeah. house, it's amazing mm-hmm. how long they can take, dude. Because you, 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 yeah. you get an equilibrium to looking at it. So you're like, mm-hmm. imagine and how great I'm it's t- going to look when you when you go to move out. You're like, you'll be like, wow, why didn't I do all these things that took me three days? And they're just looking at it. And, for, and then on yeah. top of it, as somebody who, I'm sure all of us are in this boat, but like as somebody who kind of makes a living doing this in somebody else's home, by the time you get home, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or I don't want to do this because I could be making money doing the same thing somewhere else. And so exactly. stuff in your own home never gets done. Never. Yeah. Yeah. And me and Crystal, this has probably been the busiest year both of us have had in each of our careers. So no excuses, but it's not done. Yeah. But I have a story about someone coming in my house. You have a story about someone coming in your house? I, I So we were sitting in the, the bedroom. It was during the day. And at the time, my wife at the time, it wasn't here, was off work. She was a nurse. So she was off. It was her off day. And so we hear someone talking to the dogs. We had two dogs in the living room. Mm. And we go in there. And there's an old lady sitting on the couch playing with the dogs. And we're like, can we help you? And she goes, yeah, I'm looking for, I don't even remember which, some street, which was close. And I'm like, are you lost? And she's like, she goes, yeah, I was just trying to find it and all. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, all right. And so she just gets up and she gets in her car for God's sakes that was parked in the driveway and leaves. And, uh, so we follow her. She drives into this parking lot and like drives around in circles and like parks and unparks and parks. And we call the police and tell them what's going on. And then when we go to go back, there's a lady down the street from where we lived and there was cops at her house. And I said, what's going on? And she says, my grandmother's missing. She's got dementia. She got the keys That's to her car. Said, and yeah. So I said, she's over there in that parking lot. So we saved her as it turns out. But anyway, I'm about to say either dementia or Methodist. So yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. Methodist or, or dementia yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or a Methodist with dementia. Could be both. Yeah. Maybe she's just a latter day saint trying to, you know, teach you about it Jesus could be. Or, or a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> or Mormon. True. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, just really man. like dogs. That's yeah, maybe. That's fair. Yeah, just does have a pretty cute dog, but so, yeah, Luke, so go ahead, go ahead, Ross. I was just going to say that I actually got to meet Jess's dog this past week, and Jess's dog took a very, very big liking to my seven-year-old son, and AKA. literally, <laughs> AKA, kept pinning him, him down mercilessly. and trying to hump him. Yes, mercilessly. <laughs> yeah, mercilessly. For a good half hour, and he 40 hasn't minutes. done that. He's still not gotten. He's he is. He never has done it like that before. I don't know. You, him. He just thought he was his new buddy. I guess he was something. I don't know why dogs yeah. just like some people. They like I'm humping you. That's yeah. it. Don't, he don't even I have like his it. his boys anymore. Yeah, like, you smell so good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that axe. You body. got I'll a tell birdie mouth off the axe body spray. That's what it is. I mean, no, <laughs> something, no more something. links for him. Yeah, clearly that's what it was. They're still making that. Man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, we you know, the locker room in high school. Man, oh. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't yeah. breathe in there. Yeah. The Luke, so zones. Luke, I I see you got is that twelve string guitar behind you? It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's badass. The one on yeah, the wall looks you. cool too. I can only see the the frame yeah. of it, but uh, yeah, all of us are musicians as well. Oh, right. Um, I, I like to I identify as a musician, but I wouldn't say I'm really. I can play some stuff, but not 
that's the hobby I. Col- uh, Colton plays the skin flute. Oh, all right. <laughs> Here and there, the skin flute. He's been known yeah, to play the man. rusty trombone from time to time as well. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No comment. Um, <laughs> so what was it? Oh, I had this grand. Yeah, I was going to do an intro to a TikTok with it. Um, I might, I may or may not have had a buzz whenever I decided to buy this stuff. But I went on Amazon and I bought a ukulele and a <laughs> kazoo. Like a, I didn't know there was professional grade kazoos. Oh, there but, are. Yeah. Really, yeah. there are. And you ever see them with a little professional slide on kazoo. it too? The, the slide. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I should have no, thought. No, this one didn't have a slide. I should have done that. But and then I got a tambourine as well, and so it's going to be me and Crystal in the shop, and uh, I was going to have the be playing kazoo and ukulele, and then she be playing the tambourine. And unfortunately, that uh, once we started practicing, I was like, no, this is not happening. No, oh. <laughs> no, well, maybe down the road, but I don't know. We did just get a banjo. A bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 just seemed a little sketchier once I actually had it in my hand, but. Yeah. But yeah, it is fun playing that. But then we got a banjo, a little tenor banjo from her grandma recently. And this thing is probably as old as I am, but it has like a real cool like eagle on the back of it. And um, yeah, I've been trying to mess around with that to learn learn the banjo. But When I was like 19, 20, I took banjo lessons for maybe like six months. But that instrument is so... I don't think enough credits given to like good banjo players because it's yeah. like oh no, like you're all oh, on banjo's hard. You know who's yeah, a ridiculously good banjo player? Steve Martin. Yes. Oh yeah, the yeah. Comedian. Yeah. Old yeah. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He old. yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, I mean, nobody, nobody's as good as Bella Fleck, but I mean, Steve Martin's pretty darn good. Yeah. What about that guy from the Deliverance on the porch? Oh, he, I mean, yeah, he's he's, he's pretty it. solid. Yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also yeah, that was one of the first long songs I learned was doing banjos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so Luke, what are you working on these days? Um, nothing real exciting. I'm doing. Uh, I'm I'm tearing out a deck tomorrow and putting in a set of stairs instead of a deck. Um, are you going to send an unsolicited deck pick to somebody? Uh, I hope. I hopefully they want to. But don't. <laughs> Hopefully they want to see see my deck. Um, okay, my good, strong, sturdy deck. Yeah, I'll take a, um, I'll take a look at your deck. Is it dark and, wood uh, or light wood? Uh, dark, very dark. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, so uh, are you putting pine back in and like staining and sealing it, or? No, this is uh, yeah, this is they want composite. They're gonna I'm gonna use the yeah, uh, treated uh, southern white pine and then put some of the composite on top of it. So. So, so I are, actually, are you familiar with the uh, Ipe? With like eBay? Uh, Ipe, I-P-E. It's oh, a, it's no, a, I, I'm not. It's a type of wood. So um, we, we've talked about it. Ipe a lot. You're setting like, me up uh, on something. Yeah, no, it's well, not. No, no. Ross <laughs> has done a bunch up. of uh, projects with Ipe. So Ipe, it's so heavy, just like a little, like a three-quarter inch, maybe like six by six inch piece. It feels like a brick. Like right, it feels like you could throw it through the windshield of a car. It doesn't. It doesn't float. That's how yeah. dense it is. Yeah, and, uh, it, uh, and it, it. Whenever you cut it, it stinks, and like your shop smells like a dusty fart, mm-hmm. right? So we even had like some stickers made. So uh, Ross made this uh, big bench and made a big YouTube video about it and everything. Uh, solid epay, right? And we call it the dusty fart bench. Yep. All right. And um, all right. But so three hundred pound dusty fart bench. Correct. Yeah. So it's yeah, very your blades good. up and stuff when you're working on it or what? 
It's mm-hmm. so it's more that the uh, the dust coming off of it is super super like sticky, and it yeah. sticks to all the blades of whatever mm-hmm. you're cutting, and uh, and so it it you end up getting burn marks more often unless you clean the blades pretty regularly. All right. Ipe also is is the reason it's so sticky is because it's so oily, which is why it's used outside for deck boards. You can't even glue Where's it together it without rubbing. It is from Brazil. <clears throat> it is right. a substitute yeah. for teak. Yeah, right. it's extremely good stuff. Like he uh, Ross just went to a place here in Florida, and it was a very expensive restaurant. Or where where was it? So it was, was actually the, yeah, it was the deck. Um, they just built out this new outdoor eatery at the pool at the hotel I was just at and the entire deck. Um, and it was probably 5,000 square feet was all Ipe wood. The Atlantic city boardwalk, I think was Ipe. They, they've torn it out now and they're put, I think they're supposed to put Ipe back or teak, but um, it's great for outside. Cause it's, it's, you can't put it inside. If you put it inside, it'll, it'll start to dry up and crack and stuff. It's made for outside. Yep. I will tell you, Luke, uh, I actually have some of the composite decking at my house, and it gets unbelievably hot. I'm not a fan of it, if I'm honest. But yeah, so I'm not not a fan of it as far as building with it, or as far as installed Lego. Like it's like it, yeah. It's when it gets hot, it gets hot as all hell. Um, Yes, and it's supposed to be sold as no maintenance, but I think composite after a few years. Looks it like does. faded old plastic. I don't know who it you're does. trying to kid, but yeah. So I haven't had yeah. I haven't had that issue as of yet, and the my deck is eight or nine years old at this point. Uh, oh, however, mm-hmm. I have noticed that it is typically at least ten to fifteen degrees warmer on the deck than it is off of the deck, and so because it's a south facing um, south facing part of the house, so literally. In spring, when it's 45 or 50 in Chicagoland, it's 60 to 65 degrees on the deck, which is great. But when it's 95 degrees actual outside, it's yeah. 110 on the deck, and that's yeah. not as fun. I I dealt with um, – I worked for the, the county uh, when I lived in Panama City, and we – we were always replacing boardwalks and things like that, and they spent millions of dollars and replaced most of the main boardwalks with composite decking, a commercial grade, mind you. It was very thick. It was a gray. And in two years, I mean, they were cracked. The heat had bowed them in between the 16 inches on center, um, and the sand had worn them down, so they were rough. The screws were sticking out. It wasn't. Now, I did use some marine-grade stuff on a place in my old neighborhood when I was, like, 16, and it was different. It was mostly like a – it would be like a corrugated kind of thing, and it was hollow underneath, um, and it had a place like a socket for the screws to go in and all that stuff. That stuff's still there to this day 20-something years later, and it still looks pretty good. So I guess it just depends, but I don't like composite either. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Golden. Well, Luke, so uh, as far as your your stand-up, man, uh, first off, I got a lot of respect for that. I, uh, You know, I, I love getting in front of a crowd for, like, karaoke or something. But with that, I already know what I'm going to say. And then, you know, especially listen to, like, like Joe Rogan, like, dives in whenever he has a comedian on. And he talks about, like, the, uh, I don't know, like, how you do it, the process of building your stand-up. And like you try different things out on different crowds and eventually 
you have like this thing you're ready to take on a tour or a Netflix special or something. Um, are you, are you looking to make the stand up man, your, your, your big gig, your full time? Uh, if you'd asked me that five years ago, I said yes, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I dig it. I like really like doing it. And I think with the TikTok, it's been easier to get audience. Now I'm mm-hmm. like getting, now I can actually book for stuff, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I got I go love hate with it. Sometimes, sometimes I really like it. But like I said, audiences are weird now. Like it's, I think the internet's yeah. made people feel like everything's a comment section. So if you don't like something, you can just say it, and it's just annoying. Like at least with now with the video, you just put it out and kiss my ass if you don't like it. But yeah, with stand up, a lot of times That's like you'll be having a great set, and they'll just be just two people just. Uh, I don't like something you said, so I'm gonna ruin this show for everybody. And um. Are there more like, like some Karens and hecklers than there used to be? I, I, yeah, definitely, definitely more. I think more people, and I think part of it is the fault of some comics because uh, with social media, people don't want to burn up their material, so they do a lot of crowd work stuff in videos. So a lot of comics are mm-hmm. on the road videoing themselves just doing crowd work. So then now a lot of audiences think like Matt Rife. I got no beef with him, but he was on Twitter complaining about. Stop talking to me while I'm on stage. It's like, dude, you just post nothing but crowd work videos. You can't I, get no, mad. No, it's all he posts. Yeah, yep. you can't get mad at the people coming, assuming you want to talk to them. That's all you advertise as is the guy who talks to you. So, I mean, I don't know. So it's that's yeah. Fair. No, sometimes it's great that, if it yeah. if it goes. I mean, if it goes, it goes. But if not, I'm cool. I mean, like it's a nice supplemental income. And it's a fun weekend. We go out and you have a good time, and uh, it's a good, decent shows. And do you get yeah. nervous? Yeah, I do get nervous. I still get nervous. Um, yeah, uh, sometimes if, if, let's say I'm doing an hour long show and the audience sucks, even sometimes I'll feel it on the stage. And it's like I got another forty five minutes with these assholes. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I can even, only if you could, even if you them. could tell, like if you, even if I got great openers and the audience is giving them like nothing, and I'm sitting backstage, I'm like, this is going to be a long time up there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's still yeah. nerves involved with it. Dude, I, I feel that, man. Uh, even with just the podcast, like our first few episodes, I can't listen to them just because of my part. And uh, like I, I thought I would be so much better, you know, like getting a mic in front of me and then talking and come up with questions, you know, just whatever. And golly, it, it, it's been a lot more intimidating than I thought it would have been even just doing a podcast. Like that's not even on stage, man. No, yeah, I get. I mean, it's. I've been at it for a minute, and I still get. I'm not as nervous as I used to, but. Mm -hmm. um, Who made you get into it? Well, actually, my question kind of leads into that too. Is there a comedian that you always look up to, or is there a story of how you got into it all? Um, I go round and round of comedians I really like. I'm a big Bill Burr fan at present. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I used to be way back in the day. I was big into Doug Stanhope. I really liked him. Uh, but I'll say I used to. I was. I worked for a general contractor for a while. Turn. You probably heard of Turner. Turner mm-hmm. ended up buying him. But uh, I used. To, I was. I got out of the Air Force and I was like a really young superintendent. Way too young for that job. And uh, so I had to go tell like I was like twenty six, twenty seven, and I'd be telling all these like old iron workers to what to do and what not to do. But I noticed if I'm given like if I put some jokes in it, it's more palatable coming from some young asshole. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I used to get all I'd hear all the time was like, "Hey, you should do stand up." This is what maybe they're saying that I wasn't good at my job, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I used to hear that all the time. It. And then uh, I was married. My first wife got job got a job in London, England, and I moved over. And I moved, we went moved over there, and I was using my GI Bill. But at night we had nothing to do. Like we're like she went to bed early. Kids were in bed early. I was just sitting in this apartment, didn't know anybody, but I like just watching TV at eight o'clock at night. And I saw right down the street, they were doing like an open mic. And I went to that just to watch it. And it was an open mic. So half of them were just God awful bad. And I'm like, at least I can do as good as those guys did. So I wrote some stuff of the week. Went It went okay. Met some dudes who were also starting out. Made friends with them. And they're like, hey, why don't you come to this one? Come to that one. Before you knew it, I was doing it every night of the week. So, gotcha. Yeah. It, kind of it does seem like it's a good there. community. Are you oh, always writing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If not, well, I'll say the weird thing now is sometimes... I write more for videos than I do for stand up. And uh but I'm always something's always like I'm noting stuff on my phone or I talk to myself in my uh memo voice memo thing in my phone whether it's going to be a bit. Sometimes I'll be working on a bit and I'll go into a video or I'll be thinking of something for a video and it ends up going into a bit. Or sometimes both. Do you so. have a is there a joke that you've written that you thought was just going to absolutely kill it and it never has? More probably than I have that have killed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's many that question. I'm like, this is so, funny to me, and then I go up there and just absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I I I I have to be honest. I haven't heard any of your comedy or anything online or anything like that. What probably what is your you. what is your what is your uh, does it, do you have like a theme to your type of comedy? Is it like dirty jokes? Is it construction stuff? Is it about just whatever? Is it all like Bill Cosby with pills and people kind of jokes? Pretty much. Just I'm like Jerry. I'm yep. like Jerry Seinfeld. What's up with that? That's all I do. Yep. What's the deal gotcha. with that? No. Um, gotcha. Don't you hate uh, pants? Yeah. I feel like you've covered <laughs> a lot of different topics in your comedy. What's that? What I've seen. I feel like you've covered a lot of different topics in your comedy. Yeah. I go, I go pretty, pretty big spread. Really, I think uh, yeah. it's kind of hard to nail. I've been lately doing okay. I've, I've noticed I've been writing some more construction stuff because of TikTok. Some of my audience are construction dudes, right? And I tried to write some mm-hmm. of them like because it used to be two entirely separate worlds that never mixed at all. I didn't tell people when I did my handyman jobs that I did stand up at night. Cause maybe I'd lose authority as a handyman to them. They'd be like, you should be focused on my kitchen. And sure. uh, same yeah. thing. Stand up. A lot of stand ups they look down at people for having a real job. Like you're not really chasing the art form. If you're not sleeping on your mm. mom's futon to do it. So, uh, but no, as of late, I noticed yeah, more of the audiences. So I'm like, I better actually, cause they came here from these videos that they anticipated something that would speak to them from it when yeah yeah i hear you well i respect it man it's a hustle like being able to do a a multiple jobs man at the same time and like be able to transition your focus i'll find one i'm good it's very respectful to me (laughs) i will i remember when tim tim allen came out and he was making all these jokes about construction and being a man versus, you know, and like his wife wanted to vacuum the carpet. So he sprayed a template like there was just like all these things that bringing kind of even as a young person, my world and in, in comedy together. And there isn't anybody else out there making jokes like that too much. Not that's mainstream. 
anymore. It's all about race. Yeah. It's all about, uh, you know, family and wives and things like that. Uh, but nobody's making jokes about that stuff. Do you have a favorite yeah. joke currently about the construction world you'd care to share with us? Um, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> if, if, it, if it comes to me, if it comes to me, I'll come, I'll circle back. But yeah. All right. 10, four. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you, meantime, you ever play in the South as well? Like uh, you've been in Texas or played in Texas? No, I've never played. In te- I mean, the weird thing is now is like I can actually, when I go places, I, I mean, not a huge audience, but I get some people off videos, but um, mm-hmm. getting booked places is sort of a, um, it's it's very who you know, really. And uh, yeah, I bet, I bet, because I don't have an agent. If you if I had an agent, it'd be a different story. But the reason I'm mainly around the, around the Midwest, but I mean, I had some guy in North Carolina when we come do his do a show down there. He saw me on a video, so it's slowly picking up more and more. But do you yeah, update people I, where you're going to be? Like, um, as far I try, as like that's one thing TikTok sucks for. TikTok sucks for that because if I put out a yeah. video about a show I'm going to do, they're not showing anybody. Um, hmm. Well, maybe stories, right? Is, yeah, TikTok's doing I some tri- sort of like story thing, right? I've never made one, but uh, yeah, I use the stories to advertise shows and stuff. Um, Instagram's okay. pretty good for it, but um, I guess I don't yeah, even know how you weird. do like the couples videos on, TikTok. on on TikTok that I did that was advertising a show that did well. Play sold out, like it like the mm-hmm. video took off real well, but a lot of times it's yeah. Do you yeah, have as far a, as using TikTok for that? It seems tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a venue that you're like, man, that's my shoot for goal. Someday I'm going to do a show there. Uh, I was going to do a show at the comedy cellar in New York. Always seemed like a place I'd like to do a show. Um, I, man, I, I, I hope to club. see you at uh, Joe Rogan's place. Man. Yeah. That's like, whatever he's placed in Austin. Quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I had a bunch of friends from Dayton that just went out there and did the open mic out there. So I was like, I should have made that right. trip just to do it. Yeah. Hmm. That's so All fun. Right. Well, uh, building do you guys want to learn a little bit? Oh, go ahead. No. Chappelle's building the club where? Yeah, he's building a club like 15 minutes from me. That's Chappelle's. Yeah, yeah, because he's in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. Man, when we were talking about the, uh, the different comics, I was going to ask what you thought about uh, Dave Chappelle. But he's cool, especially man. his uh, his latest uh, Netflix one. Which one was his latest? Latest? Oh, I oh, just, well, I went, I, maybe he's done since. Uh, I mean, you know how he does the shows in the field. I just went to his whatever a couple weeks ago. I went to his little show he has out in a cornfield. Yeah. Oh no, I, I haven't heard anything yeah. about that. Yeah, that's he did one of those during COVID. Yeah. Yeah, he made it like okay. a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Very anyway, nice. sorry. Educate, educate us. No, I was going to see us. if uh, we wanted to learn a little bit about the wood of the week. The wow, the, wow, the wood wow. of the week. So wow. I have been building um, this week. They have been working on the coffee tables, and I was going to tell you. So we made. Remember, I made those consoles. We made it's it's fifty eight inches long. It's um, uh, thirty six inches high and sixteen inches deep with two shelves. Right. Yep. The top's an inch and a quarter-ish, and the shelves are about three-quarter. The walnut, I, I bought a scale. I bought a, a weighing scale for, like, shipping, and the walnut ones weigh 64 pounds, like, pretty consistently. The white okay. oaks weigh anywhere from 88 to 95. Ooh. 
So the same exact size of everything, but it's a lot heavier, a lot, mm-hmm. lot heavier. So I thought that this week we would do a wood that everybody knows, which is white oak. And right. white oak, I think, is is now at the point, especially in the United States, where it is very sustainably being sourced. So they're growing twice as many as they're cutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, they use white oak if I'm not wrong, to make whiskey barrels. Correct. It has to be a white oak barrel. It has to uh, be. If it's going to be aging bourbon. Right. Um, I, I've always loved white oak because it's, 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 um, it stays consistent after you cut it. You know, it doesn't move quite so much as some of the other ones, especially the stuff that's about an inch and a half thick. Uh, the grain of it is just gorgeous on, on, on white oak. And white oak is probably one of the most used woods in furniture, uh, in cabinetry, in anything in the United States, whether it's being stained, whether it's, you know, and then they, there's all different versions. Because if you quarter saw white oak, you get tiger oak, right? You get that mm-hmm. real crazy looking medullary rays, medullary rays running through it. Um, and like you said, all the barrels are made from it. Um I learned. I did learn one thing that uh, oak, white oak, is absolutely guaranteed to give you lung cancer if you breathe in the dust from white oak specifically. So fun! Really. I have yes. a massive stack of white oak that I have wear been a respirator. With. Wear a respirator because I've been white I literally oak just raw for a while. <laughs> I I have yeah. I have talked to I have talked. I used to be in another shop, and there was another carpenter next to me who had been doing it. He did it in Czechoslovakia. He's doing it here. He was a master, master carpenter. And he had lots of friends in the business and cabinet businesses and stuff. And a lot of cabinet companies just use white oak. That's all they make is like one or two types of cabinets. Mm-hmm. And he said he said half of them got lung cancer. I never smoked. Hmm. Um, and I did some research on it. And there's a, there is a, a system of identifying hazards with wood. Uh, as far as the dust being like it burns your nostrils, causes this, causes that, and white oak causes lung cancer. It has been proven scientifically. Hmm. So whatever that that acid is or whatever in it causes scar tissue in your lungs uh, like to build cans, up. Right? Yeah. It, well, you know, white oak is one of the only woods when you when it touches steel, ferrous metals, it causes a reaction to cause the wood. To uh, it causes the steel to uh, rust, or it undermines the strength of the steel, and the wood also gets a black like stain on it because it's a chemical reaction from something to do in the white oak and then the steel. Mm. So um, we use it a lot for a lot of things, but it can be dangerous. Um, hmm. I love it. I love so- it. I will say this though: it splinters like when you're trying to, like I'm doing uh, chamfer edges on it. Which, yep. by the way, I just bought a four-inch chamfer bit for my shaper because remember I told you I wasn't using it. Yeah. So I said, you know what, we're going to use it, and we're going to take it all off in one swath. I so like I it. bought a four-inch at the bottom and two-inch at the top, forty-five chamfer for the shaper with an inch and a quarter bore in the middle. Are you going to get a feeder for that too? No, I got a little guy named Nick. That's my feeder. <laughs> there you go. He's he's going to do it. But the best part is I have good dust collection on the shaper. I don't on the router yeah. table. So it will hopefully, uh, and I was able to actually got it because I got it from Amana. I was actually able to get a bearing for the top. 
There you uh, go. A flush, a flush bearing. So literally, even if the fence is off, you can just, just raise it up and down, whatever I want to raise it to, and, and blow through some stuff. Because I have so many of those chamfers to do. I chamfered those five tops the other day, popped the breaker twice, and it started a splinter on another one. And it took me – I had to start doing it about four passes. And the router bit's not that old. So it took me two hours to chamfer five, five tops. That's too long. Yeah, that's too long. So uh, because we had one blowout on one of them and I can't have that again, it took forever to try to glue it all back and it yeah. just never looked right. You got to make yeah. sure so, you're going with the grain. Right. Also, Luke, uh, speaking of his uh, dust collection in his shop. So his dust collector looks like something out of Oppenheimer. Like it, it, <laughs> it is it's from, just a, it's just a, it's from it's the just floor a, to the ceiling. Like when you turn it on, it sounds like you're starting some sort of Mack truck. Like it is. <laughs> now, know, like, Ross said he thought that it was quieter than he thought it was going to be. Once it was fully running, it was definitely right. quieter than once I thought it, it would be. But th- he's right. The startup of it is like, <laughs> it's like checking in all these different, yeah. like it's revving up that stage. engine. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. big is that tube going through the ceiling? Like where uh, everything 12. splits off of. It's like a 12 it's a inch, 12 inch trunk. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a proper trunk. shop. You have a proper. I I do have a very he proper does. shop. The what you don't know that the story goes is I I moved here. I started fixing furniture and selling it. Um, and then I met someone. I started building for her and doing custom things. And she was very cheap with the equipment. And so it was always like we were limited by the size of the saw or the size of the joiner or the size of the planer or we even had a little shaper at one point. And everything was limited. And we needed a belt sander, a drum sander so bad because we did so much slab work and we never had one, never. And so that all kind of fizzled out and she sold it. And one of my old customers came to me that I built a bunch of things for throughout the five or six years that I was with her and said, I want to start a wood shop. And he said, I said, how much do you, you know, want to make a month and he told me and i said well you need to buy this stuff i was like cry, buy once cry once i was like we're not going to spend that much more and i won't be limited i won't be limited if you want to do a 40 inch wide tabletop i can have it sanded in 10 minutes if you want to do you know a a, a a small thing like you know some side tables i can have that done even faster but doing all these things that we did by hand or trying to make an eight inch joiner join a 10 inch wide board was time-consuming, poor product quality, and a million other things. So, yeah, the shops, it was a big expense, but um, it's it's very – it's funny because, like, we have these 24-inch wide shelves, and I just run them through the planer all in one piece. And it's oh, nice. just fantastic. Wait, it just what does it sound me- like? <laughs> like? Like a deer? <laughs> like a doe? <laughs> 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 Yeah, Luke. So it, it was actually incredible. So um, I I went to Jess's shop uh, maybe a few months ago. I guess now, maybe two months yeah, ago. It was Memorial Day weekend, and, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. Um, I don't know, I've, I've slept a little bit since then, but um, it, it's incredible the difference in the manufacturing of the tools. Like, so most of my tools, majority of them are trying to be cost efficient first, like trying to get your most bang for buck, right? From like the manufacturing point of view. But then I go over to Jess and like the the price point isn't the first idea that comes to mind when they're manufacturing these. Like it, even just your your double belt sander, like it. I so I use a drum sander. I use like a twenty five inch drum sander, and 
like the difference is incredible. Like you going on a keypad to adjust like the height oh, wow. by thousands of an inch. Like you're not even manually screwing it. And um, like the belts are like pneumatic powered and it, it's, it's incredible to see what a manufacturer of a tool can do whenever they're no longer concerned about price. And, well, uh, I, I will say that the stuff that we got in a comparable, let's say for instance, uh, the uh, joiner, right? So we have a 16-inch, 100-inch long joiner. Uh, it, it only has a 5-horsepower on it, but if you bought that comparable joiner in, let's say, a Laguna, it would be three times the price because mm-hmm. Grizzly doesn't really advertise or anything like that. And everything that Grizzly makes from what I've seen is it's simple. It's simple. It's cast iron. It's strong. There's not a lot of plastic parts. And if it breaks, they still make it. They make that part for 15 other machines. And so you can replace it and fix it. They, I mean, and my, the reason that I picked it is in our first shop, we had Grizzly table saw that was 30 years old. It worked fine. I bought bearings for it for $10 on from grizzly.com, put new bearings in it. The motor went out at one point. We put a new motor in it for $250, and that thing is still running in that shop to this day. So uh, they still build their stuff like that. So I, that's why I went with it. The, the price point for the the size is is one of the best. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, also talking about the uh, the dust collection before we get too far off that. Luke, so you, you work mostly in your basement, right? When you're doing like your, your miniatures. Yeah, I looked at a big as far dust as person collection system. My, here's my dust collection system. Um, essentially, I have three shot vacs set up around on a, on a light switch. And when you hit the switch, it turns the saw on and the shot back on at the same time. Like, yeah, shot back on All right. at the same time. So it's like uh, with Naya, when you shut off the saw, because I also got kids that run through the basement, so they couldn't just turn the saw on. But so that's my uh, dust collection system and a bunch of box fans with uh, house filters on them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Works. So like I said, I, 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 when I started, getting... I was in a proper carpentry shop and it was like, yeah, planers, joiners, the whole thing. And in, in my mind, someday I picture having that again. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll put uh, the dust collector outside just so you know. That was one of our right. biggest mistakes. But legally, we couldn't put it outside. So yeah, the first shop I was That's in, it had it almost looked like a silo. This giant dust collector yes. system outside. Yes. And it yes. even had. I just thought it was slicker and because it had this. Uh, it even had ducts that go down to the floor, and you step on this thing, and it, it would open up. So you just sweep up the floor, and you just sweep it right into the dust collection system. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen that. And then I've seen guys put like a strong magnet in front of it too, where it'll suck up all your screws. So you're not yeah. running oh, screws yeah. through your system. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Very cool. Well, anyway, so the wood of the week was white oak. Uh, I, I love the it. Killer white and oak. Do you the have white oak. the carpenter killer? <laughs> it's Jess, not, do you have a fun, interesting fact yeah. about wood? This week, uh, I was going to do the qu- the Q and A again. Uh, if perfect. you guys Let's want do to, it. Luke, so you we ready have for talk- a little uh, little questionnaire. Sure, we we have talked about this particular tree many times. A lot of us know. Oh, I'll give you a hint. If you don't get it, how about that? All right. So, what tree has the widest trunk in ratio to its height? The widest trunk in ratio to its height. And I will tell you that the trunk is a hunt can be up to 155 feet in circumference. Ross. So just, just a big, okay, Ross, big what fat is it? ass tree. Babinga. It is. No. 
Mm. As soon as I say it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like a willow or something? No, I will give you a clue. It's in Africa. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, you already guessed once. <clears throat> I know. I'll give you know. guys another clue. I'm just the trying Lion to think of the name. What was the clue? Lion King. That's what I was picturing, but I don't know the name of that tree. Yeah, I'm trying to think of oh, any any African tree I can think of. It's the it's the well, one that's Bugs the tree life of is life. In it and, yeah, in in the Bugs Life of the ride and is at, that the uh, Baobab tree? Baobab tree. That's right, the mm. African Baobab uh, tree. So the, you know what I'm, I'm talking about? The Tree of Life, at yeah. the if like the Bugs Life in uh, um, Animal Kingdom yep. at Disney World. It actually it's like the Baobab tree. Th- that tree swells up to soak up as much rain as possible right. to store it. So like. After a monsoon, it may not see rain for like five or six years, so it can swell to like eight times the size. Right, and it just looks like a like as Luke said, a fat ass tree. It's one hundred feet wide, yeah. inches one hundred fifty five feet in circumference, so around. Oh, circumference. Okay, okay. Right, like fifty feet wide. So, um, that's insane. So. Is balsa a softwood or a hardwood? Luke, we're going to let you jump in on that first. I'm <laughs> going to go with soft. That is incorrect. Balsa I'm is considered strong. hardwood because hardwood and softwood is based on whether it has needles or leaves. So if something has needles, like let's say a pine tree or a fir, that would be considered a softwood. But a poplar... It's kind of soft, right? But it has leaves. It so is a soft hardwood. It is a softer hardwood. So uh, a balsa has leaves, so it's considered a hardwood, technically. Mm-hmm. That's uh, crazy. All right. Um, you got one more? So I've got a bunch more. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to I pick one that I think that you will get, though. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I know. We're gonna be here for um, a long time, bro. <laughs> what wood? What wood burns the hottest? And we talked about this locust. I think two weeks no. ago. Was it locust? No. Mm-mm. Hmm. It's an it's an it's a it's a very odd wood, but what uh, what, is, what continent? I don't know. Uh, I can tell you in about two seconds, though. It is from. It's a. I think it's. I mainly follow tree. local trees. That's my thing. I don't know a lot of African trees or. Yeah. Uh, it it, I mean, it's got to be something. Central United States. Yeah, it is. It is. It's okay. one of the trees. Uh, it is a state tree. I'll have to look it up. I'm going to say the uh, the eastern cottonwood. Nope. I'll give you a clue. It's a fruit. Well, it's got a fruit in the name. You're a fruit. Yeah. In the name. (laughs) Apple tree. No, it is. Is it some sort of citrus fruit? Maybe. Yes, you're close. Yes. Orange tree. Yes, but it's not that one. Here, I'm trying to figure out. Osage orange? Yes. A good old Osage. Osage orange burns. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of something oily. I was going to say Ipe, but yeah. So technically, as there's far as tons know, of those around here. Apparently, you can honest. use those Osage oranges to keep spiders out of your house. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah, you hmm. stick one of those in the basement. So when I was working at that other store, we used to get a lot of reclaimed wood, and they would bring in um, boards that were still about – I would imagine when they cut them down, they were probably about an inch and a quarter thick. They probably either used – mules to cut them you know mule saw or something because that's how old these barns were that they were tearing these boards off of very very rough sawing but it was white oak and there was still good white oak underneath that gray junk hmm. uh nothing nothing ate it except the, n- termites don't eat it but uh up north powder post beetles are what gets uh the wood up there so once they get that in they only live for a season if they can catch them then, 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 and they're the but, worst. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I've dealt with a powder post beetle. You've never dealt with it in Chicago? No, I've never. No, heard of it's, that it happens often. No, so north. we so. Uh, I mean, even in the Carolinas, that's no. not it's, north. It's in, yeah, well, it's north it's of north me, of Florida. Yeah, north of <laughs> me. They um they in got Carolinas. They also barn, they also Tennessee. call the palmetto bug. Well, they call a cockroach a palmetto bug to dress yeah. it up. No. Yes. No. A cockroach yeah. and a palmetto bug are the same thing. They were well, it's a form back of from Nashville. They were all yeah. saying that too. It's all it's palmetto bug. I was like, that's a cockroach, dude. Call yeah, it. Well, yeah, that's, a, a that's a freaking roach. <laughs> yeah, put a bow tie on it if you want to, but he's not. That's here. right. Yeah. Luke, he's not oh, a and uh, I'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent here too, uh, Luke. So. A lot of your content has like some good history on it, whether it's like actual historical events or architecture, uh, things of that nature. Is that just something you've picked up from, I guess, being well-traveled, you know, like living over in London and all that, but, um, or something you're yeah. just interested in and learned about? Bob's, yeah, wherever you pick stuff up from. Uh, I did want to be a history teacher for about 10 minutes. So I remember it, I hate teenagers, but, uh. Yeah, I took mm-hmm. history quite a bit when I was in the Air Force. Took a lot of history classes and stuff. Uh, but yeah, nice. being yeah being overseas is weird because you go overseas and you take all these tours, and then you come home and you're like, "Why well, never take tours of stupid around where I live?" And that you wouldn't yeah. normally take. That tourists would know more about where you're from than you do. So yeah, so started looking into stuff around myself. Really, nice. interesting. All right, yeah, so I, that's I really it. like that one where you uh, went over. Oh, it was one of your latest uh, miniature build videos. And um, I, I guess you were in London. I'm not sure where you were overseas. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you showed a bunch of pictures, like video of the uh, architecture and kind of talked about how they, instead of like hiding your exposed beam or your beams, uh, they would do a lot of exposed beams in the actual architecture of them, like build it into the, like the the visual effect from the front. I'm actually kind of ashamed that I don't know what kind of wood they normally use now that I think about it. But yeah, that's kind of, that's a big Tudor thing is you have those, yeah, expo- all your framing was the house. You see it inside and out, really. Mm-hmm. It's that's fun that you barn. build Tudors and you wanted to be a Tudor for history. What up, uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. There we go. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. You got so it. you boys ready to talk about a little whiskey? Whiskey. All right, let me play a little jingle. Showtime! The whiskey of the week. <laughs> All right. So I love it, man. Thank you. Getting into the whiskey of the week. Uh, last week, we talked about the Belvini 14-year-old Caribbean rum cask, which is a single malt from the Speyside region of Scotland. So first and foremost, yeah. Colton, were you able to procure it 
and did a dance. So I, I was not going to shame this 14 year old scotch with a dandy. Um, this one, I, I took your suggestion on as far as a cocktail and I tried to make a little fruity cocktail with it being a, the Caribbean cask and all and, uh, did like some pineapple and some like grenadine and, uh, it turned out pretty well, but okay. honestly, I liked it better straight. Like, I don't know if I were to try to picture this whiskey, like, all right, so picture you're on a trip to New Orleans, right? And, and you go down to Venice and you're going to go off on a, a, a fishing trip, right? And while you're offshore, you see, uh, you spot a mermaid, right? And with her being in the vicinity of, uh, Louisiana and New Orleans, you know, you, throw a set of beads at her right and she shows you her mermaid's titties and then you <laughs> give her a, <laughs> a little, yeah. little, little nod and solidarity and um as she disappears into the deep and um that's what this whiskey's like man it, it's like i don't know it, to describe the feeling of it, it's like a blue <laughs> right but like a caribbean light blue right it's just like smooth from start to finish and like it yeah it's just blue and um it's good, mermaid titties. Did you taste the rum, the 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 spices from the rum? So it wasn't as like rummy as I thought, right? Like, um, you know, I was expecting to get like that, whatever the sweet cane or whatever the the rum taste, right? But mm-hmm. it um, can? I think it more of just like smoothed it out, kind of thing, right? Like with it being finished in like a sweeter cask, um, which. Luke, uh, to to my defense, I'm no sommelier or whatever they call it for whiskey. You, that's you it. Nailed it. You whiskey sommelier. sommelier. Right. You could write right. the back yeah, of wine bottles. Sommelier. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, man. <laughs> I write the back of. We should do that. That'd be fun. How much was it? Oh, it was a uh, hundred bucks. So oh, this one was no. one of our more expensive ones. Yep, and at least the place where I found it. But so I'm going to bring things uh, back down in price. I'm going to bring in hyper local, and you were talking about how. The Balvenie was a little bit like drinking blue. So Mm -hmm. the whiskey of the week is the Balcones Blue Corn Bourbon. And Balcones is a Texas whiskey. uh, And this one is made exclusively from corn that is blue corn. Or if you've ever seen blue corn tortilla chips, same idea. Uh, So made exclusively from that. So it has a little bit different flavor. And I will say... In comparison with how smooth the Belvini is, it's definitely going to be a little bit rougher the way your mother likes it, Trebek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, it uh, it's going to have a lot of body and character. So I'm I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Nice. So I that one is familiar. Like I can picture the label. It's a little stubby bottle, right? Yep. yep. And um, but it's been a long time since I've had it, so I, I look forward to revisiting it. Cool. Luke, you a a brown liquor drinker or what you? Yeah, I'm a bourbon man mainly. I used to be a single malt with scotches and all that and rums, but I'm mainly strictly bourbon these days. Really, not very impressive. I'm a big old forester. Has really been my go-to. Yeah, that's not bad. We get that here as well. But um, so I I normally take a liking to like a rye, like a real spicy whiskey, right? And um want some some heat on it and um yeah we did a handful of rise and then i guess we're just now finishing up our world tour right like we uh we went over and we did you know one from scotland i guess balcones is from over there too 
But um, we did a Japanese whiskey and Irish whiskey. Um, well, speaking of, um, so I'm sure you're familiar with Jameson. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever had the Jameson Black Barrel? I have not. Dude, so that was one of ours like maybe like like two, three weeks ago. And holy shit, it was good. Like for me, Jameson is just like good like shooting whiskey. Like, oh, you want to do picklebacks when you're out with your buddies or whatever. It's a good like it'll go down easy. Right. But the 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 black barrel was freaking it was good. Like to sip like I was impressed and it wasn't a crazy price point either. It was like 40, 45 bucks. Yeah, and like every time I've seen it here in Houston, uh, it always comes with like two glasses with it or whatever, like whiskey glasses. And uh, yeah, that that one was pretty yeah. cool the other day. So you might like that. Nice. Yeah, I used so, to be a big uh, Scotch guy for a minute. I used to be Glenn Livett and all that, but mm-hmm. I had the Johnny Walker Blue Label once, which I think is a few hundred bucks a bottle, and because that yeah. was. But my thing with that is like after two. Do I know the difference anymore? Like, is it I feel <laughs> exactly like really wasting that money in my mouth? Really, but absolutely. Uh, but I, you I buy more tools of, for your hobbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would actually say you're. Tools. I would actually say you're wasting your money on the first glass. So, on on yeah. that one, but we can talk scotches or whiskeys, you know, all day <laughs> if you'd like. All right. Yeah. All right. Man, I, I had a shot of the that blue. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't a shot, obviously, but uh, a pour of the blue on my 30th birthday. And then I also got a pour of the Pappies, Pappy Van Winkle, on my, right. my birthday. And I was actually surprised with Pappy. You know, I was expecting it to be overhyped, you know, from all the history that's gone on, and like Pappy Gate and all that jazz. But I was actually really impressed. It, it, it surprised me how good it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, do we want to talk about a nugget? And Luke, so you know, our nuggets are typically if you could give advice to either all the young tradesmen out there or uh, to yourself a few years back when you started something that you know now, is there a word of advice you would give to people? So so we'll let you think yeah. on it if you need to. Like we can go first. Uh, I'd say um, yeah. stick it out. I'd say stick it out. The hard part is when you start out, I think especially when I was talking to young me, uh, you learn a lot from like a crusty old turd and they're not necessarily the most uh, ginger folks. So don't take everything mm-hmm. personally and just uh, you got to treat it like you're an undercover cop. You know what I mean? Get in there and get all the information you can and don't take what's happening personally. You're just, you, you're there to, to get the info, to build your case for yourself. So yeah. Yeah. Like, that would be, especially if they're it. talkers too, man. Yeah. You got to yeah. ask the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I've learned a lot just from buying tools from old guys, like on Facebook marketplace or Craigslist or whatever. And, um, yeah, you get in someone's shop and you realize they, they're comfy talking about themselves and whatever. And you just ask them questions. So they kick you out. Yeah. Yep. Learn a lot. How about you, Colton? What do you got? So, uh, look, you've worked with a lot of pocket screws, right? Pocket holes, like framing up stuff or like building yeah. cabinets or anything like that. But um, so I, I think it's I don't know, this may be a conspiracy theory, but uh, like the the square head is normally what you see for like your uh, especially all your Craig pocket mm-hmm. holes and pocket screws. And Craig I loves hate the that square heads. Head. I hate them, dude. What? Yeah. Craig yeah, loves I hate the square head. Yeah, they make good jigs, but I don't know what's their what's their boner for. I, the I think it, it they're 
like it might be some sort of like standard to where everyone thinks that oh I'm doing a pocket hole it has to be a square head, but uh, there's a company out there uh, Milescraft I, I bought a handful of stuff from them um, I buy most of it on Amazon but uh, I, they make a a star head that's uh, what I was gonna say that's my screw. what I hate is I do a lot of old houses my house is old everything's flathead screws. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. why did you stop there? Like that was your first draft of an invention. <laughs> and you're like, that's good enough. One line. We'll we'll stop there. And same thing, I think it was cheap to make standardize it. I think the the star bit, I've never stripped out a star bit. Mm-hmm. I've never stripped once. out plenty of Phillips. Like uh yeah, I'd flathead all day. Square bits, I think, suck. But star bits, you don't have to like get it in there like it's a socket. Like you gotta it just boom, you're in there. I think, yeah. To me, that's so the I, I heard a fact on screwhead. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, so I, I buy them in bulk. Like these, uh, this is, uh, my big thing right now is cornhole boards, right? right? Like I do this ridiculous cornhole board that has like resin and LEDs and all this stuff. Um, it's kind of a cool video if you want to check it out on our page. All right, yeah. But um, so I use a ton of pocket holes, right, for that uh, assembling the frame and then assembling the top to the frame. And so I'll actually go to Milescraft and buy them like a thousand box at a time. These uh, Starhead, or yeah, Starhead. Uh, what is it? A twenty? Is it a twenty or a twenty-five or a fifteen? Oh, it, it's either twenty or twenty-five. I think it's. I think it's twenty. A twenty, probably a twenty. Maybe. I would I love to get some of those. 20, I hate this. I don't. Square heads are traditionally cabinet screws. That's just what it's always been. But mm. I strip out square heads all the time. Even the bit will strip yeah. out quick. Too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I like I love the star bits. I have stripped out a fifteen T fifteen a few times. Uh, but yeah, the twenties and twenty fives are the greatest. So on on Phillips head, I heard a fun like documentary thing the other day. And so back when they were first building Ford uh, vehicles, uh, they were trying to establish a screw head or whatever. And there's some more drama involved, but Basically, they settled with the Phillips because it'll strip before it'll over tighten. And um, yeah, so they actually used it because yeah. they liked that it stripped. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Before they invented you, the fork screwdriver. Man, I don't, I don't have any good nuggets. All, all I could say is I've been very much struggling, you know, uh, uh, with our website. And, and as far as marketing our product now, I'm to that point because I've got the product. We're making the product. It's going very well. It looks good. People like it, but I've got to get it in the hands of the people that like it. And it's in, we, we took some of the, a set to the fourth store today, which I didn't really like her store when I got there, but she's convinced that she's going to be able to sell them. But I don't, I don't like her and I don't like her store and I did not feel good leaving them there. But um, it was somebody that actually reached out to us and said they wanted to sell it. Her thing is they, she only sells solid wood furniture in her little store, and mid-century is her hottest seller. And she just sold her last mid-century piece. She sells, so she's talking the talk. We'll see. But um, as Did far she as call like getting Pilgrim, no. But she is freaking fruit bat crazy. So I I don't know how else to describe her, uh, but sometimes the eccentrics like that do well with these eclectic furniture stores. So we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. I, you know I I I can always go get it. I can say it's not working out. It doesn't bother me. But um, 
trying to get our website. If anybody's out there making a website for themselves and thinks that they are just going to put it on and then people are going to just start coming to it because you listed it on Google, it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. It, there's a lot more to it with marketing in it and stuff. If you have a huge social media following before you start it, maybe you know it would do better. But it's from what I'm researching, it's very complex. We're probably going to have to pay someone to get it to rank higher, maximize and, your SEO kind of stuff. Oh my god! And I've I've done that. I mean, the keywords, the meta descriptions, the 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 long tail keywords, short tail keywords. Uh, backlinks so like all the other things that are linking to our website like our facebook our instagram you know linkedin twitter all of that it's all set up but it's like all right now what like now what do i do you know well to to luke's credit on his nugget man stick stick to it man it's probably a slow grow it is i've heard that it takes you know two to three weeks for google to finally start getting in there and showing like your facebook is connected to this and and all that so yeah. Uh, but, you know, money's continuing to go out the door. We're not selling anything, and I'm getting very nervous. I'm getting very, very nervous. So, I hear you, man. Well, I, I do want to say I, I tested out your uh, Instagram shop today, right? And, um, like, it was really easy. I, like, I saw your post, and it had the, the link, whatever, and I clicked on it. And um, I really liked your pictures. Like, uh, so he, he's making, like, some – correct me when I'm wrong, but some sort of – it's, like, a combo mid-century – the furniture, right? Right. And, uh, a lot of it's ones I looked at were black walnut. And um, yeah. I liked your pictures a lot. Like I thought it was very organized, like where everything was. But then you also had like some close ups of like the cool, like smooth mid century style parts. But then um, also like whatever. The pictures were good. I liked it. So I appreciate I that. I will tell you another a nugget. So when you put something on Facebook shop and you have. Uh, multiple pictures or variants of a item. So let's say, for instance, Ross, you made a desk and you make that desk in, you know, three colors. You put that on Shopify as this desk and then there's a walnut one and there's a pine one and there's a white oak one. So you've got photos of that and then you might have different angles of those photos. Facebook or Meta on your shop does not allow you to select the picture that it shows the customers. It Correct. picks based on an algorithm of what they think the customer will like mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on their other shopping things. So if you've got this main picture that really explains what it is, and then you just have like sample pictures, you can't, you can't tell it not to. The only way that you can do that is to make like in Shopify, the product by itself, only that product in that one color with that one picture. And then of course it only has no choice, but to do that. But um, nobody tells you that when you're building a whole website and you get it all organized. You're like, man, this is great. And then you go to put it on another platform and it jumbles it all up. But um, mm-hmm. they can still they can still get to it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes that does do well. Like uh, say they took like a picture of one of your close up shots from the side. Like it does drive a little bit of curiosity, you know, like, the oh, what is this? Like, well, the problem with it- all being fully explained. And like the my- problem with it is, is we have floating shelves in there, and the floating shelves come in all the colors that the cabinets come in, right? So the example picture of the color is a mm. picture of a cabinet, not a picture of a floating shelf, because I don't have a picture of the floating shelf in every color. I only have it in the ones I have because I'm going to paint them once they buy them. So it shows them a picture of a cabinet, and then it says floating shelf. And so that's 
that's where everything's getting mixed up. Have you tried um, taking Luke's approach of putting a picture of your junk in the window of a tiny house? I, I, I thought I thought about I thought right, about now check this out. I'm I'm gonna run this by you guys. Mm-hmm. So something's gotta go viral for us to get like he had that one. Luke was saying how he had this one go viral, he got half his followers from it, right? Yep. And then it just kind of snowballs on itself. What if we did a video and I was like I don't know, like sanding uh, a top or cutting something on the table saw. And it's like, you can see my hands and then um, like it, you know, I get it all done and I blow it off and it looks good. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. And then the camera zooms out and I'm in like an American flag speedo work boots and like a woodwork Tampa Bay hat. And I'm like, uh, the AC's broke or something. You know what I mean? And like, I'm sweating. I don't know. Maybe put a wig, maybe, maybe put a wig on like a mullet wig. Look like Colton. I don't know. <laughs> something. Something that would get people to share it. There you go. I like it. Yeah. Okay, good. It's uh, done then. Okay. Hey, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll be brainstorming on that. We'll, we'll find it. So my nugget is actually um, take some time for yourself. Uh, I was – I just got back from vacation last night with my family and – I was stressed out before I went on vacation because I was going on vacation and I had too much to do, didn't have time to go on vacation and being away from everything else and literally turning off my phone. Um, oh, that all- sounds amazing. <laughs> I did five days of next to nothing and it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> and uh, and I am back and refreshed and ready to go and I'm not stressed about things. I'm just kind of going through them one at a time, knocking them off the list. And I feel my productivity is higher. And I was so stressed beforehand. And it just shows me that I really needed to take the break. So my nugget would be take the long break, take the vacation, walk away for a little bit, even if it's just an hour where you're totally fed up and you're like, you're getting to throw something through a wall, take a break for an hour, then come back. Yeah. (coughs) Sharpen the ax. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. So that's my hey, nugget. Uh, so, Luke, um, for anyone listening that's not familiar with you, man, where can they find you at uh, and support I'm on, you? I'm on all the social medias. Um, and uh, LukeCaposso.com is my website where I usually got shows listed, but I don't have any listed right now. Well, I got two listed right now. Hey, what do I got to do to get one of those van T-shirts, rocket okay, van T-shirts? Say, I'm going to buy one of those, too. Right. <laughs> are, they, are they for selling me with your or? address? What's that? I'm sitting in my store right now. I'm shipping stuff out as we speak. Oh, yeah. you sell them? I didn't know you sold them. I thought you no, sold them. No, but I'll send, send you guys one. You want one? Send me your address or give me your address. Check them right, I will. Oh, hell yeah. I'm wearing my videos. Yeah, we got yeah. some merch for you as well, buddy. So, and All Luke, right, nice. uh, if somebody wanted swap. to, yeah, we could do that. If somebody yeah. wanted to hire you for your uh, slightly above average gigolo skills, do they go to the same website? Same website, same website, okay. or hit me on the street. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. All right. Anything else we want to cover off on, gents? I'm good. It's good for me. All righty. Was it yeah. good for you? Great. Well, then, uh, first and foremost, thank you, Luke, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Very much. And thank you. 
Thank you to everybody for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. And if you didn't, please send all your complaints to our Jamaican legal representation at the legal boys right near the beach. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast, and we will catch you all next time. Whoop-ow! Yeah.